Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 247 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Still in lockdown and uh, getting through it, you know. I can't believe we're almost at the end of April. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, crazy time, isn't it? Yes, so. crazy, crazy time. So what have you been up to? Well, on Fox, they had the um, French version of All the Worlds. Of course, we had the BBC version. Um, was that late last year, earlier this year? I can't remember. But uh, it was before, obviously, the Fox version over here. Or yes. All the version that's, that's on Fox over here was airing. Uh, a lot of people really didn't like the BBC version. but No, uh, I never actually watched it. I, I never okay. got around to it. But uh, I I know the reviews were not kind, <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but no, this version aired. It was what eight episodes, like a mini series. They both were mini series, and uh, yeah, I really really liked it. I'm a I don't know if fan is the right word to use for for all of the worlds. I haven't read any of the books. I've I've seen the uh, Tom Cruise film from I think 2005 or six or whenever that was, mm-hmm. um, a good few years ago, and I thought that was that was all right as well. Like the, uh, the the slight sort of change they made with this, where you have sort of these little almost dog robots. I want to sort of call them, but they look, they look a lot sort of like the um, Black Mirror episode kind of uh, creatures that, yeah. that are out there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought some of the... It was interesting as well because it was scattered across different places as well. And uh, I thought they managed it well with screen time and, and everything that they were doing there. I thought that the fight, uh, fight scenes or running away scenes uh, were really good. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool to see sort of as the series went on how sort of smart these little robots were. They could like open doors and, and do some other stuff as well. And there was a lot of sort of different characters, just like very completely different characters that are in there. There's this one thing going on with the daughter and the brother for uh, one of the families, which I thought was really interesting uh, and how that connected to everything up until sort of the end game of the show. Um, I thought the ending was all right. I thought it was, uh, I mean, you can kind of draw your own conclusion from it in some way, but we got somewhat of an answer of sort of what happened at the end, which I thought was good as well. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, I just to correct you there, it's been billed as a mini series in a lot of places but i don't think that's actually correct oh okay i, I think I thought it was yeah no i mean they are talking about the possibility of doing a second season for it oh cool it's a co-production between fox and uh, well a bunch of european people but uh, canal yeah. plus which is the big french company uh are the two main people behind it but there was there have been reports of them looking at the possibility of doing a second season and certainly mm. where i i thought it, where it ended yes there were a few answers but nowhere near as many as you want and i and yeah. i don't think it was ever really planned as a mini series and i'm not sure why it was sort of billed 
that way. But yeah, so I, I think it's going to come back again. I don't think it's officially been confirmed for a second season yet, but I, I think there is a good chance that they will bring it back. Things like this when they're created across a big group of different producers in different countries, they tend to take a little bit longer for them to get renewals because it's got a show in all the territories and stuff before right, they right. renew anything. But I think there's a fairly good chance that we'll actually get a second season of that. Because um, mm. I th- I thought where it ended, it was like, that, that, that was, there's no way they set that up as a miniseries. That's got to be planned as a multiple series thing. But we'll see. I mean, it, there's certainly reports out there saying that they are looking at a second season. So um, hopefully that will be back again. Cool, but yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Did you yeah. like it? Yeah, well? I, I thought it was really solid. You know, mm. um, Howard Overman is a fabulous writer and uh, it's much darker than the stuff you usually expect for him because he did things like uh, Misfits and Crazy Head and they've always had this kind of comical edge to them and this really didn't in any no. way shape or no. form um, so it's a really interesting project from him and uh, I really like him as a writer and I thought he's done a fabulous job with this so I will be disappointed if they don't bring that back because I definitely think there is more story to tell there yeah so uh, next thing I did is uh, well obviously I've been playing the multiplayer for Call of Duty but I decided to start the campaign because there is of course a single player campaign as well oh right yes um, on last year's Call of Duty I think it was Black Ops 3 or 4 I can't remember uh, the one that came out the year before didn't actually have a single player campaign because they thought about putting the Battle Royale zombies and uh, multiplayer so that was the three modes last year but for this Call of Duty the Modern Warfare one uh, they got a campaign in there and it's interesting as well because obviously I've spent quite a bit of time on the maps and some of the locations and that and it's interesting going through the campaign and sort of seeing like you walk through different parts of the map and then there's certain places where like there's no walls or there's added walls or that there's areas that are sort of open and closed depending on the mission and stuff like there was this one particular uh, I think it's called Ramaza the, the map and there's this mission that you do and you walk with one of the characters right back to where you normally spawn at the start of a, of a round right and there's this like whole open area there where there's a whole other sort of section and then there's this way they somehow do it in the story to where like you go through there you go right the way around to the left because you're like running away from someone else or something and you end up in a different part of the map that I sort of recognized so it's mm. been quite cool to go not not with every single mission some missions are just out in deserts and all these other abandoned sort of places but some of the missions do take place in some of the actual maps like there's a there's a big big mission in uh, Piccadilly Piccadilly is one of the maps on the on the game and it's pretty much a shot for shot sort of remake of the real actual Piccadilly obviously there's certain buildings oh, cool. and things that are changed um, and stuff like that. Uh, there's actually a video I watched on YouTube where uh, this person had this side by side of like taking control of a, just a character in, a, in an open version of the map and uh, walking through, and then someone like filmed Piccadilly and then <laughs> they put it side by side, and uh, that was really cool to kind of see. Obviously, certain like billboards and stuff like that have, have been yeah. changed and things, yeah. and the certain doors and areas that are closed or open or whatever. No, it's really cool to um, essentially kind of go through some of the maps and then some new areas, but with story and characters there. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's been really good. Uh, there's some pretty sad missions in there as well. There's a lot of emphasis on um, like suicide bombers and, and things like that, right, especially yeah. the Piccadilly mission as well. There's some sad stuff that sort of happens in there, especially with certain like hostage situations and things. Mm. Um, it's interesting as well because there's certain areas you can go into and basically someone will be holding like a couple of people hostage. If you get in there quick enough and shoot the guy before he shoots the hostages, you can save these. They're all like red shirts essentially, but <laughs> these little sort of like citizens that are there. But you can kind of go in there and save 
save them if you can. And there was a couple of times, so obviously going through the first time, I didn't know where these characters were going to be in that. And there was a couple of times where I like just about failed to save someone. So I sort of restarted the mission and went through and made sure I sort of saved uh, as many people as you can. There's certain areas that are like a lot more scripted to where someone is going to get shot or blown up yeah. uh, and you can't do anything about it. But some of the areas where like there'll be people on their knees and stuff and you can go in and save them has been, I don't know, fun is the word to use, but very interesting. But in the, And there'll be situations as well where like you'll have your normal enemies that you shoot and stuff and then you'll get people that run out with a, a vest that's got lights on. I'll just say that. And um, the game advises you, okay, you have to shoot them in the head because if you shoot their body, obviously the bomb will go off and stuff. But mm. uh, yeah, that's been, because certain areas are like, oh, we'll just go through this door and then someone charges through the door and, and sort of blows you up or whatever. But um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun, kind of sad. But uh, yeah, they've got, um, I don't know how many people are aware of the character, but this is a reboot in quotes of uh, the Modern Warfare series because they did have a story through Modern Warfare 1, 2 and 3. Mm. And this is a new kind of story, but they brought one of the characters, characters back called uh, Captain Price. Right. And you're playing as someone new. So he sort of come, he doesn't really discuss like what happens in the past and that. It's not that connected, but it's just him sort of coming back, which has been quite good. I don't know how long I've got left, but I've done like eight online missions and they're not sort of long games. They're sort of three to five hours. No, maybe. Well, I mean, so. to be fair, the whole point of Call of Duty is not really the single player campaign, is it really? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So, um, but no, they're usually nice sort of short games. So I should be finishing that sometime soon. Uh, but good stuff on that. Um, Doom Eternal is the next thing I sort of started, and uh, it's been quite a lot of fun. And uh, even within like the first two to three hours, they just give you weapon after weapon, and like you know, <laughs> you've got shotguns and and all these all these other guns and grenades and That's stuff. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was even this part where uh, I had this attachment for either my assault rifle or shotgun, where it's like you can turn the rounds into grenade launchers, nice. and then about half an hour later it was like okay you can have that and then you can have like a, a, another mechanical thing that like shoots grenades so I've got two sh- things that can shoot grenades at the same time which is uh, quite cool but you'll, you'll need all that stuff for all the all the enemies that come at you and, and things like that yes. um, the glory the glory kills are pretty fun to do and what one of the interesting mechanical because this is my first time going through a Doom game properly I played sort of the demo of the 2016 Doom but this is my first time properly doing a Doom campaign of course this is a game that's going back years it's sort of like you use your chainsaw to not fuel your shotgun, but you use a chainsaw. And when you get a chainsaw kill on certain particular enemies, they release ammo. And then that ammo sort of fills up your shotgun. And right. then you sort of use that until you get your chainsaw stuff back. So it's sort of like using one and then sort of swapping, right. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, if you've not got any fuel for your uh, chainsaw, you can switch to your, your, your many other guns that you've got <laughs> or your grenades or whatever. Uh, and it's been pretty fun. So the, the only thing that's sort of is just a bit of a different sort of play style kind of thing, because I've played obviously a lot of Call of Duty and I'm used to sort of running and sliding and jumping. You don't really move the same way. Right. As, yeah. uh, as, you, as you do. And do. You jump around a lot, but you don't do any sort of running or sliding or anything like that. And uh, I just had to sort of get used to, to the differences there in movement. Because I'm sort of like, oh, I'm going to run here and then jump. And it's like, oh, no, I can't run. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, you get given more than enough weapons to be able to, to, to work your way through. So yeah. it's been pretty I've, I've not tried Doom Eternal yet. It's I, I'm not a huge FPS player, but I may go and have a go at it at some point. I mean, I played the original Doom when because mm. I'm that old. I may go and have a look at it at some point. I think Bex is streaming it as well on her um, oh. Twitch stream as well. He's certainly one of the games she's been playing. So uh, you can go and check that out over on uh, Trista Bites as well if you want to go and look for that. Cool. And then there's two other notes I wanted to just sort of add. The Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars film is going to be on Disney Plus on May 4th. And uh, Disney Plus is now on Now TV Boxes and uh, the uh, Smart Sticks as well. 
So Good. if anybody's been, you know, those two things kind of go hand in hand. But if you've been waiting for that on Now TV, I put a tweet out about like, oh, was anybody sort of aware of this? Because Now TV and Disney Plus themselves didn't like no, promote that. Uh, I found out through yeah. basically a Disney Plus Facebook group that I was in. Someone said that they worked for, I think it was Sky or something. And they said, oh, on the 26th of um, April, the thing was going to be added. I was like, huh, why isn't Now TV and Sky kind of... Uh, <laughs> pushing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah pushing that. But um, yeah, that's been added as well because uh, Gray tweeted at me. It's like, where the hell is it? I was like, it's in the TV and film section, like right at the bottom. So it was a little bit buried on there as well. Right. So you can go and download that as well. Yeah, because he, he, he was talking about uh, like he was having to use his laptop and like hook it up to the TV or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, yeah, now it's a lot easier to use on there. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty much what I've been up to. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's actually on now TV. Just makes life a lot easier yeah, for people. Yeah. I don't think it's shown up on the LG store yet because it's supposed to be on the LG huh. store and it's certainly, I mean, whether it ever will on mine, I don't know. But then I get it through the Skybox. So I get it through Sky directly anyway, which is easy. And I've also got a Roku stick and it's on that as well. So uh, it can get it through both those. It's fairly easy to get hold of. Apple uh, TV still isn't on like consoles or now TV boxes or anything. No, it is so. on It is on the Roku, some of the Roku sticks, not the older ones, some of the new Roku sticks. Right. You can yeah. get it it's not on consoles yet either though. No, so. uh, which is weird. I'm surprised mm. they've not actually released the app that widely yet, which is a shame because there's some good stuff on Apple TV. So yeah, if you go to the App Store, film and TV, and then at the bottom of that, uh, you should find Disney+. Plus. So cool. there you cool. go. Yeah. Um, so for me, gaming-wise, I've kind of stepped a little bit away from Fallout 76. I'm enjoying some of it. Certainly this latest Wastelander update is a vast improvement on what it was. What I'm not enjoying as much is, is basically the fact that it's a multiplayer, not to do with any of the other players. That doesn't bother me one way or another. The problem is, is because it's a multiplayer, you can't mod it in any way. Like with mm. the last Fallout game, it was great because people were releasing loads of extra things to the Steam store and you had loads of things that you could tweak and play around with and all that sort of stuff. Because this is a big online game, obviously they're not allowing people to do that because if you could do that, you could put in cheats and other stuff, which means that it, there's a lot of legwork in terms of trying to get caps, you know, which are the currency for Fallout. So trying to get like more caps so you can buy stuff. There are ways of doing it in terms of like doing speedruns through cap stashes where NPCs have stored stats. There's like maps online of speedruns you can do through certain areas where there are lots of cap stashes or you can go and farm certain things. But it's a bunch of like extra legwork and I just can't be bothered. Uh, you know, I, I really want to play through the story, but it's all the other stuff that you've got to do to be able to get to the point where you can play through more of the story. And uh, I, I'm just finding that a little bit of a grind. So it is sort of the fact that it is a multiplayer game that's kind of bothering me more than anything else. And for some people, that will be absolutely fine. And, you know, you can team up with friends and you can you can do things that way if you want to do that. I just, it, it was starting to annoy me that I was running out of money all the time. So yeah, it's, I mean... It, it's there and like I say this version of it is is certainly much better I still think it's horrifically overpriced for a game which you know there are other games out there like 
Star Trek Online where the main game is free and then you buy stuff in the game. That's their model. And whilst I don't mind paying a little bit out for the initial game, this is like a full price thing. Plus they have a story game as well. And I struggle a little with that. Plus it's it's still quite buggy in places. I mean, I've had more crashes in that game than I have in anything else recently. Um, and uh, I mean, I know you sent me a link for something where every time they fix something, they break something else. And yeah. uh, they had an issue when I first started, there was an issue with none of the player vendor machines. You can have your own little camp and you can put a vendor in there that you can sell stuff to other players. And the player vendors had stopped working and they put in a hot fix to fix that and introduced a bug around the same time that meant that some of the NPCs were stealing stuff off the players, which is not good. So, um, you know, every time they introduce something that fixes something, it seems to break something else, which is terrible. So, has, yeah. Has this game ever not had problems? I don't think it I, has. No, no, there's always been something. Um, yeah, and even things outside the games, like the helmets and the bags and... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, for the special editions and things. So, yeah, it's, it's annoying. But it's there, and I mean, there is some fun to be had out of it, and certainly, as I say, the Wastelander up Update is a vast, vast improvement on what it was. But I, I'm finding it a bit of a grind at the moment, so I've kind of stepped away from it. The game that came out this week, though, that I've been playing more of, XCOM Chimera Squad, which is a new expansion to... Well, not an expansion, it's a new standalone game. It's the new version of XCOM. It's cheaper and slightly smaller in scope than some of the other XCOM games, but it's still the same turn-based tactical mechanics that you have in the original XCOMs and, uh, you know, the more recent XCOMs. Have you ever played any XCOM games? I don't know whether that's... I did actually rent, because um, of course I use my rental thing that yeah. I've been using for, for a while, uh, and I had it as a bonus game. XCOM 2, um, I played yeah. it for a little bit and it just it just didn't didn't really click with me, but I could recognise why people would, would want to play it and stuff. There was nothing wrong with the game, like it was, it was yes, a good just game. Not I just your sort yeah. of thing, yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, I really like these sort of games and I loved the other XCOMs, so I've been really enjoying playing through this. This one, as I say, slightly smaller in, in scope. Interesting little changes in that in previous XCOM games, your squad members have effectively been kind of nameless faces and they die fairly easily. And uh, in this one, the storyline is more attached to some of the squad members. So they're all named and they're voiced as well. So uh, you get these kind of illustrated conversations that go on between some of the squad members. The setting is after XCOM 2, and uh, you're essentially a sort of elite peacekeeping squad in a city called City 31, and you're going after these various groups that are various kind of movements that are trying to disrupt and disrupt the peace, basically, in the city. Your squad is a mixture of humans and aliens and people with uh, psychic powers and stuff and uh, the mechanics are generally the same although there are a few little differences you start the campaigns in what they call breach mode where you can have various ways of breaching into whatever the building or the location is and uh, you get certain kind of bonuses at the start if you breach in certain particular ways so that's quite good fun the missions tend to be split 
over uh, anything from one to three sections as well. So you'll breach into one room, clear that, and then you'll breach into the next room and clear that. It's a really solid story. I'm enjoying playing through it. If you like other XCOM games, this is certainly worth picking up. It's a lot cheaper than the others as well. And there seems to be quite a lot of gameplay in there for a game which is randomly quite a lot cheaper. I don't know what platforms it's available on. I think it's Windows only at the moment, but uh, certainly worth picking up if you've got a Windows machine and you like those sort of turn-based shooter games. Chimera Squad's definitely one worth looking out for. I would thoroughly recommend going and picking that up. TV-wise, we need to talk about the uh, episode of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist this week because it was absolutely phenomenal. I thought really, really solid. It was called Zoe's Extraordinary Glitch. And for those of you out there that haven't seen this show, for a start, go and watch it. But the basic premise of it is Zoe is this character who uh, there's an incident and she can now hear the deepest thoughts of other people through song and dance routines that are sort of performed around her. And uh, they, they sing, people sing their feelings to her and she's the only one that can see it. Zoe's Extraordinary Glitch switches that. So she is basically performing her inner feelings to other people, except when she does it, everybody can see it. The episode touches on a bunch of really interesting stuff. She gets some bad news about her father at the start of the episode. Uh, her father's been very sick through since the very first episode, so that's not giving anything away, but she gets some uh, news about her father and that sends her into this sort of tailspin, which is the thing that sort of flips her powers. It's just a beautifully written episode and the way she expresses things to people I just thought was phenomenal. I know you've been heaping praise on this series and sort of call it the new good place for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still stand by those words and everything. Uh, I thought this episode this week was fantastic. Basically, last week on um, TV Talk, I was praising it a lot with uh, Bex and Robert on there. And then, of course, we've had another episode since then. Uh, this episode David's talking about, which is uh, 108, season one, episode eight. The show just continues to, to keep impressing me and you know other people as well. Uh, Gray also on, uh, I think it was Thursday morning, tweeted about like he'd seen episode uh, eight again the same one that we're talking about here and he said it was incredible as well just hope that this show gets renewed because obviously like you said i think it was last week that it's one of the one of the shows that's kind of on the bubble and that but uh i'll keep singing its praises as long as it keeps being good and um yeah it's kind of been that replacement for me for for the good place which is something that i didn't think i would find quite so quickly i Mm. suppose because the good place only ended what like earlier this year so it hasn't even been that long but it gives me the same type of feels and makes me feel good in the same type of ways very very different show obviously but like lots of different things happening but uh still really really good and really continuing its its momentum and uh it's it's delivered a couple of near perfect episodes this season Uh, i think this one and probably last week's were were ones i'd give those to i'd say the, the only episode that's off possibly a bit is probably the pilot but then that's where you're setting things up and that's yeah. not always as easy to do but once they i mean that's still a great episode but i don't think it's as good as uh, the other seven that we've had but then you know the other seven episodes have been really phenomenal so uh yeah it's really great stuff i look forward to it every week and uh hey it's only two more days till we get another episode yeah you i can't recommend this show highly enough and particularly if you're missing the good place this is quite a good alternative i think to that as you say it gives you that same sort of kind of nice enjoyable fuzzy feel 
that you get with some of the Good Place episodes, but there are some heartbreaking things in it as well, but it handles them really well. And I think what it does, particularly with the relationship between Zoe and her father, it talks about quite major issues in quite a light and clever way. And certainly episode eight, the one that we've just been talking about, I, I think does it in such a beautiful and wonderful way. Somebody who's been through issues like that with parents, this really hit out for me. And I, I just thought this was beautiful and so well put together. Really, if you're not watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, go and pick it up now. It's uh, I, I'm assuming it's all up on all four at the moment. I think all the episodes will be. They do expire after a certain time, yeah. don't they? But uh, go and have a look on there. All four is free, of course. So go and check that out. That's Wednesdays at 10, yeah, on E4. So um, yeah. that's when the weekly episodes are. And if you're in the US, uh, it's on NBC and probably some other app as well. Yes, yeah. So. The fact that it's on NBC and they've not got the good place anymore, it's one of those that, although it is a bubble show, I'm kind of hoping they see the value in renewing it. Its numbers are sort of middle of the road. It's not like right at the bottom, I don't think. It is very much in the middle. And I hope NBC see the value in renewing it because it fills a, an interesting hole in the mm-hmm. TV maybe they, maybe they should move it because they got it on Sunday nights and Sunday nights in the US are absolutely ridiculous yeah. the amount of stuff that's on I mean you're talking like the big AMC HBO stuff and yeah, just a yeah, whole bunch yeah. of other things as well uh, yeah hopefully NBC decide to renew it and uh, keep it around Afterlife as well came back this week I've only had a chance to watch the first episode so far I know you've seen the whole season I'm assuming I mean I thought the first episode was great I'm assuming the rest of the season is as good as the first season was yeah really enjoyed the second season a lot it kind of attempts to move things on um, and what I mean by that is that of course the issues that you've got in the show you can't move on from them that simply yes. but the characters try to if you get what I mean the characters try to move on from, from other things specifically Tony uh, Ricky Gervais's character and uh, I think he's done another masterpiece another work of art I mean this season absolutely flew by for me um, yeah. I sort of realised oh I'm on episode 4 oh I'm halfway through the season and then like finished episode 4 oh I've only got 2 left and then it just it yeah. kept going and going one of the few shows that manages to talk about serious issues that matter and uh, does it in in a really really incredible way another great uh, season of TV from Ricky Gervais yeah I, I mean I thought that it's interesting because the, yeah, the the first season as you say Ricky's character Tony was was basically angry at the world and was determined to show it to everybody and sort of mm. yeah, was, was determined to just be a dick to people and just fight back whereas this season they kind of reset that in a certain way of him like yes there is a certain amount of that but he's trying to be better so uh, I I rather like the way that they've kind of slightly shifted it for uh, this second season and it's not just that again um, yeah. but uh, yeah it's, it's really good I enjoyed the first episode very much I would have gone on to watch more of it I've just I've been working my way through Manifest which is the next thing that I actually have completed I was because I was quite a way through that season because that's all up on demand on Sky at the moment. I enjoy Manifest quite a lot. I know that's, again, another bubble show. I actually think, yes, it's a bit budget lost. There is a certain (laughs) amount of that to it. Uh, But I think it's incredibly watchable. It's nicely put together. It's got a good little mystery in there. And they end it in a... I'm obviously not going to spoil what happens or anything like that, but they end it in a really interesting place to set it up for a third season 
season. And I kind of want to see where it goes. So I do hope they actually renew it. But um, it could go either way at the moment. Have you watched any of these? I can't. You watched season one, didn't you? I think I watched some episodes of season one. And then to avoid spoiling things, they did something. And I thought that it was the show's way of telling me it wasn't going to give answers. I could have been wrong about that because I haven't seen ep- episodes past that. And of course, there's another entire season. So I will possibly go back to it. But at the time with what they did, which I can't spoil in any way, shape, or I can't even yeah. spoiler free describe what they did because it would it would spoil something. Um, but they made a decision early in the first season and I was like, oh, okay, I'm surprised you went that way. And that kind of tells me that you're going to do something. I don't, you know, do something else with the, with the show. So yeah. it's one that I, it's one that I'm open to going back to. I've kept hearing good things about it. Uh, Robert said good things about it as well. And uh, just sort of generally on the line. I, I haven't heard, I've heard sort of very middle of like, okay, this is, this is good watchable television. It's not like awful. It's not excellent. It's just somewhere yeah. in the middle. So um, that's exactly what I would say about it. Yeah, As I say, yeah. it, if you like those sort of mystery things, it's not like got the gravitas of something like Lost had, but it is in that kind of same vein, I guess, you know, of a big kind of overarching mystery. You're never entirely sure of exactly what's going on and why the passengers are back and the things that are affecting them. Still not really reveals, but you're getting kind of little bits and pieces as you go along. But it's very watchable. It's not outstanding, but it's not bad either. It's just very enjoyable, watchable TV show. The whole of season two is up on Sky right now if you want to go and uh, watch that on demand. Uh, presumably it's on Now TV as well. Then. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Emergence was another one. Again, it's another bubble show from ABC. Uh, this was one that we said very early on, I bet that only runs for one season. We still don't know whether that's going to be the case yet. But um, I've watched the first episode. That is out now. It's running on Fox over here. Stars Alison Tolman, who you'll know from things like Fargo, and she is a sheriff of this little town. There is a plane crash, and she discovers this little girl at a crash site, and clearly there is something going on with this little girl. And as you've seen in probably in the trailers and stuff, there is people that are out to get her, and there is this mysterious shadowy group that seems to be trying to chase after her for some unknown reasons. That's the sort of potential setup for it. It's not massively original in that setup, but again, it's well acted. It's reasonably well put together. I'm intrigued to see where they go with it. It's another one of those a bit like Manifest. It's kind of, you know, it's perfectly fine as it is. It's whether it's going to be worth kind of renewing will depend on what happens in the first season. And we've only seen the first episode over here, so I don't know yet. But uh, certainly it's one that I'm going to keep on watching, I think. Yeah, I saw the pilot when it came out last week on Fox. I really, really enjoyed it. I was um I was going in expecting something something pretty pretty good and it ex- exceeded my expectations. I didn't expect like you know best show I've ever seen or worst show kind of just you know good expectations. But I th- I I thought it was really really great. I love the fact that we because there's several different powers that this girl shows in the first episode, and I'm like okay. I found it really interesting that we we don't know what she's even capable of doing at the no. moment. Like you know we have to wait and see what she can kind of do in in future episodes. Um, but yeah, really like the sort of um, relationship the. the 
that sort of developed in the in the first episode between this this officer and this little girl and um, this group that's after her and how she's going to be able to to protect her or can she you know just protect herself and also there's a really great Toy Story reference in the pilot and I really enjoyed that as well. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spotted that as well. Yeah, she's wearing a Toy Story t-shirt and they make a comment about it and I was like, oh, it's an ABC show. Yes. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so, I thought that was quite funny and it's nice to see Donald Faison on screen because you've not seen that much of him since Scrubs. He was one of the two main cast in, in Scrubs. Oh yeah, by the way, Scrubs, if you're a fan of that show, all of Scrubs is on all four, apparently. They've, oh, uh, they, okay. I don't know whether they've put it up yet, but it's certainly going to be up there. They've bought the right to stream Scrubs. So if you're a fan of Scrubs, that is all going to be up on there as well. Um, mm-hmm. The other new show this week was Lincoln Ryan's Hunt for the Bone Collector, which is another new police procedural thing. I quite enjoyed this. I don't know whether you've caught this one yet. No. So it's based on a book. Uh, there was a movie version as well. It stars Russell Hornsby, who you will know from shows like Grimm he was in and uh, he's been in other things like The Affair as well but he plays Lincoln Rhyme. Lincoln Rhyme is a criminologist who is bedridden after he had an altercation with this criminal called the Bone Collector who was a serial killer. The opening episode is basically chasing a person that they think is the return of the Bone Collector and there is this intuitive rookie who gets involved in the case and sort of becomes Lincoln's eyes and ears and uh, I think previously they'd had when we've seen this done I think in the movie version she had I think it was Angelina Jolie that played the kind of rookie cop and uh, she had an earpiece in um, in this version because it's far more modern she's wearing a a vest that has a f- camera on the front and back so she literally is his kind of eyes and ears and means that he can kind of stay in bed and she g- gets to kind of go out and run around and uh, it, it's got sort of elements of Sherlock to it, I would say. Um, okay. There's there's some kind of nice, light-hearted little bits in as as well, and it's kind of quite a lot about the relationship between Lincoln and Amelia, who is the the young cop. Uh, you've got Michael Imperioli in there from uh, The Sopranos, who's playing veteran NYP detective, and he was Lincoln's former partner as well. Only one episode in right now. I think this is a perfectly solid decent procedural and it's an interesting kind of setup they've got a whole set of books i think that they can go off for this so uh yeah but certainly off to a good start and i think going to be one that's going worth going back and watching so that's all the stuff we've been watching this week let's move on to some more tv and film news ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, one renewal, one cancellation this week. A renewal is Westworld, which is, as you mentioned, we just finished recording the Westworld <laughs> podcast. Literally, you've just about to put it live or just put it live and they announced that Westworld had been renewed for a full season. So uh, yeah, typical that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Westworld will be back. I don't think that should come as a huge shock to anybody, particularly that that's still going. I don't think they're going to cancel that. It will, I think... Come to a natural conclusion at some point. I don't know how many more seasons it's got in it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly enjoying this current season. I, I think it's it's doing a good job. They've taken it in an interesting direction with uh, the third season. So uh, I'm looking forward to that coming back again. Yeah, it's great. We've really enjoyed this season. There's all the twisty, turny sort of mystery stuff that we've done and what's going on with Caleb and Dolores has been a big highlight and there's been some surprises this season as well, like with William and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think it's a show that's probably going to come to like you said a natural conclusion on HBO I, I'd say you know around five or six seasons I think we'll do it for that sort of show yeah I mean I, it, we'll, we'll see whether they decide whether the full season is the last or whether it goes to a fifth or maybe a sixth but I, I think you're probably looking at maybe around somewhere yeah. between four five and six I think you're probably looking at for that I don't think it's going to be one that goes on for like ten seasons or anything <laughs> the cancellation is Turn Up Charlie which is a Netflix show from Idris Elba and uh, I never actually watched it I have no idea whether it was any good or not it seemed like a bit of a vanity project for Idris Elba and uh, th- that seems to be the general opinion of it it was fine but it wasn't anything particularly outstanding and uh, yeah they've decided they're not going to pick it up for a second season so um, it's, it's there for one season if you want to go watch it on Netflix in terms of other things a new version of The Last Leg is coming back they've announced on Channel 4 this this is called The Last Leg Locked Down Under. It's going to premiere on Friday the 8th of May at 10pm and uh, it's going to be four episodes where they're attempting a TV first. This is going to be three hosts in three different locations at the same time on a live show. They are getting people to tweet in with the Is It OK hashtag which they use on that show. So uh, it's going to be Adam in is back in Melbourne at the moment. Then you've got Josh in London and Alex is in Hudders field so uh, they're going to be doing live link ups with the three of them in completely different locations it's basically going to be the last leg but with them around the world so that's going to be interesting it, I mean it's, it's probably going to be the middle of the night for Adam if that's in Australia as well <laughs> so yeah yeah so yes that's that's going to be an interesting one but uh, yeah I do love that show I think it's going to be interesting to see how that works there's a lot of things out there that are managing to get through this by doing things remotely and uh, some are working better than others. I know in America, the second episode of the SNL on lockdown has gone out now and it's gone out over here as well. I haven't actually watched it yet. That seems to be improving as they kind of find their feet and work out how to do it. So uh, yeah, that's that's going down fairly well. E4 has also set premiere dates for Rick and Morty season four, part two. And finally, the Harley Quinn series has got an air date as well. They're both coming on the 7th of May one straight after the other I think it's it 9 and 9.30 or 10 and 10.30 I can't remember but uh, yeah so they're coming on the 7th of May so you can watch those I've seen the first episode of the Harley Quinn one it's brilliant that animated series it's very much an adult 
Harlequin, so don't let your small children watch it. It's really <laughs> inappropriate. It's most definitely an adult version of it. She's quite sweary in it. It's Kaylee Kloku doing the voice for Harley. It is brilliant and uh, definitely, definitely worth watching. And of course, Rick and Morty is, well, Rick and Morty, and uh, that's awesome as well. There was another self-isolating coronavirus show that popped up completely by surprise on Apple, uh, Fraggle Rock. There is a thing called Fraggle Rock Rock On, which is a little sort of 10-minute episodes, and it's the Fraggles doing sing-along things in isolation, voiced by all the people that usually voice the Fraggles. I, I don't know whether you remember that with the Fraggles or whether that was sort of out of your uh, childhood by then. No, that doesn't ring a bell. Fraggles, basically, they were a sort of offshoot of Muppets, and uh, they lived on Fraggle Rock, and they had these little green characters that were called Dozers that were the people that kind of built all the things that the Fraggles used. And the idea for this is the Dozers have built this communication system. So even though the Fraggles are all isolated in their individual caves, they can now talk and sing with each other. And it's really cute and it's lovely. And uh, if you want to go watch that, it is on Apple TV Plus as well. It's called Fraggle Rock Rock On. You can go and catch that. And uh, Parks and Recreation cast are also doing a one-off isolation show as well. They're going to be getting back together. That is all recorded individually with the almost the entire Parks and Rec cast are going to be there and involved with it. And uh, it's all going to be led by uh, Amy Poehler's character basically calling the others and uh, checking in and seeing how they're doing. So they're recording that as a one-off special all in isolation, which I think is quite cool as well. Parks and Rec's one of those shows that I haven't actually got round to watching yet and everybody tells me how good it is I need to go and catch up with it yeah me too I need to go and uh, watch that as well I think yeah. that's on um, Amazon I think it is yes on Now TV I think as well yeah so. I, it's certainly around so definitely one to worth going to uh, try and catch up with moving on to other news stories there's a potentially a new female led Star Wars series in the works from Leslie Headland, who was one of the co-creators of Russian Doll this story dropped out last week that she is apparently developing this female-centric series. Not much is known about it at the moment. It's, all they've said is it takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline to the other projects. So it's not going to be necessarily directly connected to any of the films or the Mandalorian. Um, so it's not like one of the spin-off series that they've been talking about from the Mandalorian. It is going to be its own thing. Leslie Headland apparently is a huge Star Wars nerd, which is awesome. So somebody did an interview with her and I think asked her, what's her favourite Star Wars movie? And she says, there isn't a Star Wars movie. There is only Star Wars. It is a universe and uh, I would just kill for the opportunity to play around in it. So uh, she now has that opportunity. She was co co-creator with Natasha Lyon who also starred in uh, Russian Doll she co-created the show with her and Amy Poehler that is part of her background she's written on Black Monday and Smilf and a whole bunch of other things as well uh, the Bachelorette movie Russian Doll if you've not watched th- that series go and watch it it was nominated for 13 Emmys it was a brilliant brilliant series I'm really intrigued to see what she might do in the Star Wars universe I don't know what it'll be but I'm very interested to see what she comes up with yeah it's Sounds like a, a pretty good idea. I think, yeah, you know, having a lot of, another um, female lead and having someone, you know, a female kind of in charge in that. Because obviously, we've just had uh, JJ and, and Ryan uh, in charge of the the new trilogy, and of course, you had is it John Favreau? 
for yes. the, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, switching it up a bit and having a female in charge might change things and make them make them better or and have a change of pace in there. I think that Star Wars has got a very bright future, seemingly on Disney Plus. If the Mandalorian is anything to go by, mm. um, you know, just just because you know some people didn't like the new trilogy doesn't mean that Star Wars is dead. You know. No. You've got other things you can make. There's a whole galaxies worth of characters. We've just only just had one season of uh, Mandalorian. I think adding this in there for something else might be might be pretty cool as well. We've also got the um, Rogue One prequel yeah, the, uh, uh, series the, as well. Yeah, at there's, some point. there's. I mean, there's a couple of things that they've already announced, which is the Obi Wan series mm-hmm. with Ewan McGregor, the Cassin Andor series, which is taking Diego Luna's character from Rogue One, and uh, that's going to be in there as well. They announced that uh, along with Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk, who uh, did the the voice of, I can't remember the robot's name, but voiced the robot in Rogue One. They're both right. coming back. Genevieve O'Reilly, who played the rebel leader, Mom Motha, she is going to be appearing in it as well, apparently. And uh, Denise Goff, who is a relative newcomer, she's going to be in it as well. So they've announced some extra casting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think that could be a great show. Obviously, I'm looking forward to... Um, Obi-Wan as well I think having Hugh McGregor back in a sort of older version of that role would be quite interesting as well and I'm all up for more Star Wars and I, I know they've said it's going to be out of the cinemas for a little while I mean obviously everything's out of the cinemas at the moment but uh, they've, they're going to be concentrating on doing some TV shows for Disney Plus and that's where Star Wars will live for a little while and yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that I think as long as they're throwing money at it which is what they seem to be doing with the Mandalorian the Mandalorian has been brilliant perfectly happy if that's how they keep Star Wars alive for a little bit until they decide to go back to doing movies you know I, I think it's a big epic saga and those big epic sagas work well as long form series it's yeah possibly the better way to do it maybe mm-hmm. and there's a lot that they can play around with I mean with them saying it's set in a different part of the Star Wars timeline it could mean that we maybe go back to some old Republic stuff that would be kind of interesting we've already had one bounty hunter so I do wonder whether they'll go back to using Jedi or Sith we'll, we'll have to wait and see we don't know at the moment I mean there's so many things you could do you've got a galaxy full of characters it doesn't have to be Jedis and Skywalkers uh, no. so yeah you can move on from the Skywalker saga that we've had and uh, tell some you know, Mandalorian and all these other different stories that we got. So yeah, yeah. should be good. There's, there's a lot you can do with it there. Moving on, BBC Two has added a bunch of uh, comedies, new isolation comedies we're referring to them as. One of which, or the biggest one, I think, which will keep people very, very happy is Charlie Brooker is coming back for something which at the moment it has the working title as Antiviral Wipe, which I rather like. Uh, this is the first time that he's come back to do one of his wipe series since the 2016 one because he's been tied up doing Black Mirror in between and uh, I'm very very happy to have him come back and do this because it's going to be stuff around the virus and we need this right now. They're brilliant brilliant shows that and it's only going to be a one-off it's going to be one episode unfortunately but uh, it's, I'm still quite happy to see it but it's going to have the other characters involved in it as well so uh, you're going to get all the regular stuff that we've had on Wipes previously are going to be in that and uh, it's only a half hour one-off show but uh, he (laughs) helpfully added the BBC asked me to supply a quote for the press release which is what you're reading now that was the (laughs) that was the quote (laughs) for the press release he released with it Uh. (laughs) 
So, yes, Charlie Brooker being Charlie Brooker. The other things that they've announced is uh, Comedians Playing With Themselves, which is a, a series. I think they're, they're fairly short episodes. They're like 15-minute episodes. But uh, this is featuring people like Bob Mortimer, Kerry Goodleman, Tom Allen, Mira Seale, Sanjeev Bascal, Russell Kane, Matt Horn, a whole bunch of other people as well. They've basically gone to a bunch of comedians and said, film yourself doing something for 15 minutes. <laughs> um, and they said, it's, it's anything from like coping with stroppy teenagers to isolating mm. as a couple and avoiding arguments to finding new sports to play to perfecting a podcast to uh, they, they, whatever they want to do. So it's each comic self-shooting these little 15-minute, 10, 15-minute videos and then they're going to get put together as, as this thing called comedians playing with themselves i think this is a rather lovely idea i mean it's it's basically taking what mo- a load of people have been doing on youtube and like social media recently and getting some comedians to do it pretty much yeah sounds like it'll be uh, it'll be a good kind of fun thing for them to do uh you've got a lot of talented names in there which i think will be will be quite good and um yeah little things like this is is some stuff that we that we need right now so yeah. uh should be good the other one is a commission called squeamish about and it's from cult comedian Matt Berry who is one of the people in What We Do in the Shadows and a whole bunch of other things as well and Arthur Matthews who was a writer on Toast of London which uh, was also Matt Berry's show and Father Ted as well it will shine a weird and wonderful light onto a different topic each week it's presented by Berry in the persona of Michael Squeebish each episode makes creative use of archive footage and voiceover to create a unique authored and surreally comic take on whatever the subject matter is so yes I think that sounds suitably silly and could be quite good fun. The idea of using archive footage and then him doing silly voiceovers that sort of try and explain what's going on, I think could be quite entertaining as well. Matt Berry's quite in- interesting and a fun, different comedian with his surreal stuff, so I think that could be quite good. All three of those shows will land at some point in the next couple of months on BBC Two, but we don't know when, so we'll see. And uh, last news story we have, Apple has ordered... A limited series called The Shrink Next Door, starring Will Farrell and Paul Rudd. It's directed by Michael Showalter, who was the director of The Big Sick and The Lovebirds. It's based on a script by Emmy and Golden Globe BAFTA and WGA award winner Georgina Pritchett, who has written on Succession and Veep. It's a dark comedy inspired by true events that detail the bizarre relationship between psychiatrist of the stars, Dr. Isaac Ike Hirchkoff, played by Paul Rudd, and his longtime patient Marty Markowitz played by Will Farrell. Over the course of their relationship the all too charming Ike slowly takes over Marty's life even moving into Marty's Hamptons home and taking over his family business. The series explores how a seemingly normal doctor and patient dynamic morphs into an unprecedented exploitative relationship filled with manipulation power grabs and dysfunction at its finest. These two together on screen will be good fun to watch. I'm not the biggest Will Farrell fan but I do rather like Paul Rudd it'll be the first time that they've done something together on screen since Anchorman and Anchorman 2 Rudd of course have been playing Ant-Man and the brilliant Netflix series Living With Yourself Farrell has uh, spent a lot of last year playing Ron Burgundy again he popped up on a bunch of US chat shows and um, also he's got a movie called Eurovision coming out which is I'm assuming based around the Eurovision Sun contest 
Fest, which seems like his sort of thing to do a comedy based around that. And he's got a pile of other stuff in post-production and he's producing on things as well. So, uh, yeah, I've, I think it could be quite good fun to see these two together and uh, particularly in this sort of psychiatrist, doctor-patient dynamic could be entertaining. Yeah, it could be an interesting idea. Um, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't like dislike Will Ferrell, but if he's in something that's good, I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, but I'm I'm quite a big fan of, uh, of Paul Rudd and like you said, Ant-Man and Living With Himself were, were really great as well. And obviously his MCU involvement and things uh, has been really, really good. So I'm looking forward to, and Friends as well, which I finished more recently than yes. probably every, everybody else. Uh, but he's, uh, one of those yeah. pe- he's one of those people you completely forget was in Friends. <laughs> you're like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Played a fairly big role. But yeah, he you, did. You, he right did. He, played, well. he was Phoebe's final boyfriend, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Before the series yeah. ended. So yes. But yeah, there's all sorts of faces that pop up in Friends when you go back and watch it. It's very funny. But uh, yeah, I haven't used Apple TV Plus since around about December, whenever the morning show ended so this yeah. might be might get me uh back in with that there's things on there i could watch things like c and there's the aaron paul show and, and some other stuff but obviously i've had other things to watch but um yeah sounds like a good idea definitely uh, apple tv has got some good stuff on it, it it's kind of limited because there is the issue that there isn't a lot of other stuff on there as well like there is with Netflix or Amazon but it is cheaper as well but it is worth getting even if it's only for a few months so you can binge your way through the morning show and through C and you can go and watch For All Mankind as well there's some really good stuff on there and the Aaron Paul thing which is really good so there is some good interesting fun stuff on there it has got enough for you to kind of justify getting it for a few months and then turning it off again until the next season of uh, morning show comes out basically <laughs> yeah Um, So that's all the news for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We have Stumptown finally landing over here on Alibi. This is on the 29th of April at 9pm. This is the um, Colby Smulders show which I'm sure you've been seeing trailing around it's based on a graphic Mm -hmm. novel series Uh, I'm quite looking forward to this it looks like it could be quite good fun and Colby's quite good fun again it's another bubble show so it may not get renewed but we'll Mm. see yeah there's a few of those like Zoe's Playlist uh, Stumptown I think Manifest you said and Emergence all kind of these network shows that we're sort of enjoying that that could get Good Girls as well which obviously hasn't come back for its third season over here yet I think this will be the first time I've used Alibi I don't think I've used it for something before yeah uh, I watched um, I used to watch Rizzoli and Isles on there and Castle I think was on there so there were a few things okay. I've watched on there it has got some some good stuff on Alibi but yes it, this was an odd place for it to pop up mm. it, yeah. it seems slightly out of their wheelhouse but I'm just fine as long as it's airing somewhere that's all I really care about yeah. um, so uh, yeah. so yes that's coming Stumptown on Alibi on the 29th of April at 9pm for that uh, Station 19 Season 3 that starts on the 29th of April at 10pm which is a crossover with Grey's Anatomy so uh, that will be coming on the 29th you've then got uh, Code 404 which is this new Sky One original comedy that coming on the 29th at 10pm as well stars Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays as two detectives whose lives are changed when Daniel Mays' character is basically replaced by an AI he dies on the job and then gets brought back to life because he's deemed that he's too valuable to lose I have seen the first episode of this on a preview thing Um, it is very funny and um, Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays are fabulous actors and uh, it's really interesting I do want to see more of it so um, it 
it's one worth going to watch. But uh, yeah, that's Code 404. That's on 29th of April at 10 p.m. on Sky One. Medici the Magnificent, that is back for its third and final season on the 1st of May on Netflix. This is the third part of the Medici series, and it's also the final part as well. Hollywood, that's also coming on Netflix on the 1st of May. This is the new Ryan Murphy series, which is sort of set in an alt history version of Hollywood in the 1940s. And it's sort of the birth of Hollywood, but if it had been a bit more kind of open to people of of different genders and uh, races and and that sort of stuff. So it's sort of playing around with this alt history of Hollywood. That looks really good. And it's a Ryan Murphy series, so you know it's going to be worth giving a watch. I think that's a mini series and it's so it's a one off I think but it's eight episodes and that's going to be one worth watching I think Upload which is a show you might not have heard a huge amount about this is coming to Amazon Video on the 1st of May stars Robbie Amell in a sci-fi comedy it's from Greg Daniels who was a co-creator of Parks and Rec with Mike Searle who was the man behind The Good Place so you know that the writing quality is going to be good he also worked on The Office it's where humans can be chosen to be uploaded into a virtual afterlife when they find themselves near death. So that's the sort of premise of it. It looks like it's going to be really interesting and different. It could be a really solid show. I haven't seen anything of it yet, but I like Robbie Amal and I really like Greg Daniels. So I think this is one going to be worth trying to watch. Uh, First of May on Amazon for that. And then there is Trying, which comes to Apple TV Plus on the 1st of May as well. Stars Race Ball and Esther Smith. It's their first, I think, original UK production for Apple. Follows Jason and Nikki, who want a baby but are having problems to conceive. I think it's a comedy or a sort of comedy dramedy thing but uh, it could be one to look out for as well that's on the first of may on apple tv and that's everything for this week so um lots of stuff to get into if uh, they want to find out more from you where can they go entertainmenttalk.org is of course the website where you can find everything that we've got you can also of course search for entertainment talk on uh, podcast services and that uh, twitter etalk uk if you want to get in touch or find out when things get posted because obviously they get posted through there lots and lots of stuff still to do uh, I know some seasons of TV and, and stuff are finishing, but of course there's a bunch of stuff still coming out. So keep your eyes on that as well. Yes, yes. So we uh, we recently finished Better Call Saul. That's mm-hmm. up on there. We are still doing Westworld at the moment and uh, Walking Dead we finished a few weeks ago, but uh, that will be back whenever it's back. <laughs> which yeah, we don't whenever know anything yet. will be back. Yeah, yes, which there. we don't know yet. But uh, hopefully it's uh, later on in the year. We'll have to wait and see. Still doing Westworld at the moment. That's going out on Wednesdays. So you can go and catch that on entertainment talk of course for other people as well you can also go on to twitch.tv forward slash trista bites you can find bex over there doing daily streams and uh, she's sometimes just chatting lots of retro gaming stuff lots of uh, just looking through nostalgia things and uh, i think as i say she's been streaming doom eternal as well a little bit as so uh, you can check her out most days from around about 1 p.m go and check trista bites with a y you can find that 
For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektownuk. Everybody stay safe. Make sure you wash your hands, phone your elderly relatives, make sure everybody's okay and they don't need anything. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.